0: reading through the Psalms this month. And so first thing I want to do, well, I have a quick announcement. Um, This is a, uh, so the Kentucky legislative session is in session right now. This is a a publication that the Family Foundation puts out. We're friends with some of them. Um, Martin Cothran helped found uh, Mars Hill. Um, Ostrander, uh, Ken Ostrander is, the head of the Family Foundation, he's, he's friends. You guys know Ken, right? Yeah. Um, this is always very helpful. It kind of weeds through all of the the bills that are up for uh, votes in the legislative sessions, kind of the ones that, that intersect with the way that we live life. Um, religious freedom, freedom of speech, abortion, homosexuality, all these things. It just it, It's a good kind of what's on the docket. Um, so Bill Pitter does always very... Uh, vigilant to remind me when uh, when, the, when it's in session to uh, have these available for anyone that wants them. So I want to put them up here, and uh, you can look through those if you want. Um, the other thing is, before we dive in, I'm going to talk about Psalm 27 this morning, um, but I want to hear how it's going. How? how let me hear a few people uh, give a report on how the morning and evening readings are going Yes. Honestly, you know, going through the whole book in a month is is a fairly rapid pace, especially for for poems that are this dense and rich, right? I mean, you can't really dive in and meditate the way that I think the Psalms are really meant to. However, just that regular rhythmic, just kind of feasting on that truth in the morning and evening is really good. I mean, I can tell as soon as I start reading, it's like, Ah, truth. Yeah, like this is okay. This is this is what life is about. This is who we are. This is who I am. Um, Just those those reminders, regular reminders. Who has found it difficult to uh, get the readings first thing in the morning, last thing in the evening? Raise your hand. I mean, it's I've missed several weeks. I mean, we've been dealing with some sickness in our family. Still, Uh, I've missed. Here's what I want you to think about. When, for those of you that it's been hard for you to do that regularly, some of you thrive on that, and that's great. Um, others of you, it's, it's hard to get it right first thing in the morning and shut everything down and, and close out the day with that. That can be a real challenge. And um, for those of you for, for whom that's a real challenge, um, I want you to think about this. What is the thing that's coming in between you and that? I think that's one of the most valuable things you can think about. What is it that's... It could just be sleepiness. It could be some sort of distraction. Some, or, or it could be some sort of entertainment or some sort of anxiety or fear. Whatever it is, figure out what that challenge is revealing about what stands between you and first thing in the morning, getting in the Word of God. Last thing in the evening, closing out the day in the Word of God. Um, and I think that would be a very fruitful kind of examination of yourself. What is it that comes between me and that? Um, does anyone have something in mind right away? Like, yeah, well, I know what it is that you'd, that you'd share. I mean, we all have these things, each, each one of us. <laughs> well, anyone I'll, I'll let Alina share. But um, anyone else? You know what comes between you and, and doing that? It could just be lack of discipline, lack of willpower. The, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, sort of thing. Sleepiness, yeah. Sleepiness just grogginess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your body says, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's habits. It's it's what what goes to the top of our mind right away. What are the urgent issues of the day? How cold is it? How extreme is the polar vortex this morning? Is my car all icy? You know, all those things. Yeah. How powerful is it when when we get to the place where we can just, before anything hits our mind, shove it all back and say, first, let me get in the right frame of mind. First, let me... Get into God's perspective of reality. Let me get into some truth. Let me take this these perspectives. Let me adopt the right posture for the day. Um, that that will lead to some. I mean, that'll change your life. It really will, and you will begin to see things and live your life in a totally different way if you do that. Elena, um, did you want to top it off? Yeah. And it's yeah. really difficult for me to do that. Yeah. So that's the like, thing. Yeah. I wanted to put that half an hour so I just forgot an hour assignment. It was, like, I have an opportunity and a motivation, but it's still like, yeah. really having difficulty doing that. Yeah. How many of you have trouble shutting it down at the end of the night? Just, all right, Set up. I'm going to sleep now, but it always ends up an hour later or even more. That's, see, that's, that's, I think, my. Maestro, because I'm always like, oh, yeah, I can make myself get up early. I'll just kind of let it keep going tonight. You know, the kids are down. The house is quiet. I'm going to keep doing whatever, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, these, this is an exercise, an experiment in uh, can, we, can we do it first thing and last thing? Can we order our lives? Can we structure the rhythms of our lives Uh, around the word and uh, so I think God is going to continue to teach us some things about ourselves reveal some things about our lives where um, we might need to to lay some things down or or become more disciplined in a particular area uh, in order to really do what what he calls us to do which is to to love him with all of our heart soul mind and strength yeah all right, so let's, we read Psalm 27 a few days ago, if you're on the schedule. Um, so I want to spend some time talking about that. But first, just by way of review, um, the Psalms teach us how to pray. Okay, the Psalms are living examples of the kinds of prayers uh, that we can pray. Um, and it's actually sometimes uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I should pray this. How many of you experienced that this week? This isn't genuine, you know, or that's fine, okay? Because there's, there's a couple of things that could be going on. Number one is you could just be, it, it could be a foreign aspect. You don't know that you can relate to God in this way, okay? And so your, your, your view of God and what a relationship with God looks like, what a prayer life can look like, is being expanded, uh, another thing you could wonder is, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable praying for that. That seems a little that seems a little violent, or it seems a little arrogant even to say, "Hey, I've been good, God." <laughs> I'm scared to pray that. Um, but some, something that might help you, there's two things that might help you um, if you become uncomfortable really praying through a, a particular psalm. One is to remember that. For those that you feel uncomfortable praying because you're not sure if your, your, your personal character lines up with what the psalmist is claiming about his own character. Um, Jesus prayed these psalms. right? And, and if, if the man is saying, vindicate, vindicate me, I've been, I have walked in righteousness, that's, that's the godly man. That's the prayer of the godly man. Our godly man is Jesus. And in him, that's what our life really is. In Jesus, we can pray, I walk in righteousness. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. Okay? So if, if you have trouble praying that, just remember, you're not praying it in, the, in your flesh. You're praying it in the power of Jesus. You're praying it in Jesus' name, which is how, even when you're a kid, you close your prayer with, in Jesus' name. You're praying these in Jesus' name. Okay? So that, that's one thing that might help you. The other thing that might help you is, if you feel like a psalm is not really true to your experience, you're like, well, no, I'm not drenching my bed with tears every night. I'm, I sleep pretty well these days. <laughs> you know? I'm not in mourning or, or anything. I'm not languishing. I don't feel like God has forsaken me. Um, just remember, the, these are not the prayers of individuals. These are the prayers of the people of God. And at any given time, there are people who are praying the prayer, why have you forsaken me? There are people who are praying, who are literally being persecuted for being a Christian, for being part of the people of God. In those moments, join in, join in their prayer and pray with them. Don't pray it for yourself. Pray with a brother or a sister who's, who's undergoing uh, stress, who's undergoing persecution. Even someone you might not know. At any given time in this world, right, we are united with the people of God, and these are their prayers. Uh, does that help? So you can push through and, number one, just pray it in Jesus' name. Number two, uh, pray it on behalf and with someone who really is undergoing persecution. We don't really undergo persecution in America. We might be ridiculed a little bit or marginalized for our faith, but, but we are not persecuted. We could be opposed. Uh, persecution is, you know, the violent opposition, even the governmental opposition, the imprisonment uh, for our faith, which does happen quite, a, quite often in, in the 21st century. Okay, um, okay. That's, a, that's a long introduction and sort of catch us back up. Let's, let's get to um, Psalm 27. So there's different kinds of prayer in the Bible. Okay? We are called to the, the two primary components of our discipleship, of our walking with Jesus— is our prayer life and our study of the word. Okay? I would also add fellowship in the body of believers is crucial. But when we talk about the bread and butter of getting to know God, we're talking about praying and reading the Bible. Okay? And in your prayer life, it's important to know that the different kinds of prayers you can pray. Okay? Scripture has all sorts of different kinds. There are prayers of repentance, I have sinned, please forgive me. I have sinned in this way, please forgive me. Uh, There are prayers of thanksgiving. You did this. I'm acknowledging that and I'm thanking you for it. Okay? Praise. Just exalting God. You are this way. This is what you're like. And I'm declaring that to you and I'm saying that that's good. Right? That's a prayer of praise. That's what we do when we worship. There are prayers of spiritual warfare, where we really engage the enemy in Jesus' name, and we, we do battle. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's what Scripture tells us. We're supposed to pray at all times in the Spirit, doing battle. But Psalm 27 shows us another key type of prayer, and that is the prayer of supplication. Supplication, or request. This is asking God for something. And a lot of us know this, this form of prayer. Right? This is what a lot of people think of when they think of prayer. Asking God for things. And you might feel like sometimes you, you wear out your welcome. But God loves to be asked for things. That's, that's very clear in Scripture. Uh, you can read Psalm 2. We read that this week. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. No, that's Psalm 110. What does he say in Psalm 2? I will tell you the degree. The Lord says, "Today You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. Always within the Godhead, there is an asking and a receiving. Jesus is continually asking the Father. What's he asking him for? He's asking him to intercede on your behalf. There's always an asking. I pray that they would know you. We read through John 17 a few months ago. That's asking. Father, I pray that they would know you, that they would be one, that they would this and that. There's an asking and a receiving, and this is what a life with God looks like. You ask, and the Father loves to give. Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. Which of you who has a father, if you ask him for a a fish, he's going to give you a snake? No. Your father knows what you need, and he takes delight in giving you what you ask for. My sons, when they ask me for things, I love when they do that. And I really want to give them what they ask for. Sometimes it's hard to not give them everything they ask for. That's called spoiling your children. But it's hard not to do that sometimes. Because you see them and you go, oh yeah, I'd love that. Oh yeah, I just, oh, yeah that, that, that Lego set is just so great. You know, I just want to give you all the Lego sets. What? <laughs> but there's something in that that speaks of God. And asking and receiving. So a prayer of supplication is a prayer of asking God, pleading for God pleading to God for something. In the Lord's prayer, he teaches us to pray. Right? And in that prayer, there are some requests. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us the things we need. That's one of the key ingredients of prayer. Okay, So, no, we don't only just ask God for things, but also he loves us to ask him for things. Now, when you, when you read through Scripture, you come to realize that Part of, part of the joy that God has when you begin to ask Him for things is when your, when your requests begin to reflect a heart that's after His. And the best thing my kids could ask me for is, Daddy, can you help me make breakfast for Mommy? Right? That's not, Daddy, can you give me this Lego set? Daddy, can you help me do something that I know that's in your heart too? That is a prayer that God loves. And so in the New Testament, when Jesus says, ask whatever you want, and I'm going to do it. When you ask in my name, when you ask according to my will, God loves to pour out resource upon resource on people whose desire is to do his will. All right, so that's a prayer of supplication. That's the, that's the role it plays in our life with God. We are invited into a relationship with Jesus a relationship with the Father alongside Jesus who is asking and receiving. Asking and receiving. And the Father is giving and hearing and giving and hearing and giving. Okay? It's just that is part of the life of God. And so we come to Psalm 27. And I'll just read it. I'll read through the whole thing. And I'll say, say a few things about it. Uh, Psalm 27, of David. By the way, when, it's, when it says of David, it basically just means... Uh, not necessarily written directly by David, but it just means like a David song, right? This is after the style of David. This is a David song. Could be written by him. Could be commissioned by him. Whatever. Um, but this is of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, it is my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Thank you for singing that song this morning. Um, He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my mother and my father have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So, um, right off the bat, at the beginning of the psalm, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom am I going to be afraid of? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? Okay? Right off the bat, we, we are aware of the presence of some opposition or the presence of an enemy. In, this, in the speaker's life, in the psalmist's life. And his response, first of all, is to say, to declare who God is. Okay? So, there is a situation that's causing some anxiety, some fear, in the psalmist's life. And he says, he declares who the Lord is to him. The Lord is my light and my salvation, And he is the stronghold of my life. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, when when opposition comes against me, it it wants to just eat away at my life. They end up falling. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. A A whole war arise against me, yet I will be confident. And so he's, he's reaffirming, this is a restatement of trust and faith in the Lord. Okay? But here's the, the center of the prayer, is this supplication and request. One thing I have asked. It's like, the genie appeared, gave me one wish, this is what I wish for. That I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That is his, I mean, that's the, that's the plea of all pleas, right? I just want to be in his house. And if you notice, when he begins to request this and really get down to what he's asking God for, the opposition sort of just fades away for a second. Here's what I really want. I just want to dwell in your house. Oh, yeah, all this is still here, but, but here's what I really, really want. I just want to dwell in your house. To gaze upon the beauty. All the days of my life. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after. I've asked it and I'm going to seek after it. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. A Continual, daily, talk about a rhythm. All the days of my life. Sun up in the house of the Lord. Sun down. Sun up in the house of the Lord. Sun down. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. He is good. He is pleasant. He is. It is a good, good, good thing. You know that song. Better is one day in your courts. And the chorus. It repeats. It repeats. And you can say. How many more times are we going to sing this? When you understand the goodness of God. You could sing it a million times. It's good. He's good. To gaze upon... I just want to gaze. I want to stay. I want to linger. Just hang out. How many of you like going to art museums? I love art museums. You see like a Rembrandt or something. You just go. And then 30 minutes later, you're still seeing new things in the painting. I mean, God is like that times infinity. To just gaze and just to con- to keep seeing more things and more angles about God's goodness and His beauty, and to inquire in His temple. And inquire is like a, um, it's like a back and forth. It's a when when it's actually used negatively in the Old Testament when they go and inquire of a medium or a necromancer, right? When, I need to go consult the oracle. I want to inquire of God. I want to I want to talk through issues. I want to come and 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 seek his face. For when I'm there, if I'm in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, he'll hide me. He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. You know, this opposition is nothing. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent, he will lift me high upon a rock. And I'm going to look all around at all the people that would come to assail me to eat my flesh, and my head will be lifted up while I'm offering in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. Now, that's a great phrase to describe the Christian life. You are called to to leave your life, to forsake your life. But man, what a joyous thing that is. You're called to lay everything down, sacrifice yourself, leave everything at the feet of God with shouts of joy. Not going, oh, I can't believe this is such a hard thing. I have to leave this and this and this. No, it's shouts of joy. Woohoo! Look at that cow go up in flames. That's what he's talking about. And this is, that's why this is a David song. Because David is the one, I mean, there, were sacri- there was a sacrificial system, but David is the one that says, you know what? We need to be singing while we're doing this. David is the, the one who brought worship into the center of the city, into the center of political life, all life. And he said, we're going to, first thing, we're going to do sacrifices. And we're going to sing while we do it. And he invented instruments. He did all this stuff because he couldn't believe the privilege of being able to be in the presence of God. Sacrifices with shouts of joy. So the New Testament points to the centrality of this kind of prayer. Okay, I've already talked about it a little bit. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. You know this? This is basically the New Testament version of Psalm 27. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What's the response to anxiety? Make your requests known to God. Don't be anxious about anything. The Lord is your light and your salvation. Who are you going to fear? Remind yourself of that and go talk to him about it. First John 5:15 says, "And we know and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him." Ephesians 6:18, and this is where he's talking about spiritual warfare, that there is enemies, right? There is an army encamped against you. He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Yeah, there's an enemy. There's reason to be anxious. There's reason to fear. But you have what you need. Jesus himself in Hebrews 5, 7, it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications With loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Whoa. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, he had a prayer life with God where he would go, God, I need help. And God God heard him and he said, your heart seeks me. And he he says he was heard because of his reverence. And in the the very next verse, it says he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. There was opposition. There was fear. There was anxiety. Jesus offered up prayers, loud cries and tears in the days of his flesh. The primary supplication in Psalm 27 is, as I said, it's it's the, the, the request of all requests. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Okay? And this reminds me of two things. So the, the psalm ends like this. Um, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. If you've read the book of Joshua, you'd understand the significance of those two words. Strength and courage. Joshua 1. What's, what's happening in Joshua 1? Moses can't go into the promised land. The people are getting ready to go after 40 years of frustration. Wilderness. And Joshua has been raised up to take Moses' place. And God God is commissioning Joshua and he says, listen, you need to be strong and courageous. You're going into the land, there's going to be enemies, there's going to be opposition, there's going to be reasons for anxiety. You're probably not going to have the easiest time with these people that you're leading, (laughs) given their history. Be strong and courageous. That means set yourself like Flint and don't move. Set yourself like Flint and don't move. Strong, set yourself, don't move. Courageous. Persistence. You just keep going. And there's another story that's significant, and it's in David's life. It's at the end of 1 Samuel. I just want to read some of this. Anybody know what's going on at the end of 1 Samuel? David has been anointed king, but Saul's still on the throne, and Saul's going crazy. David has had to flee uh, because Saul is wanting to kill him. Okay, Saul has been possessed by an evil spirit to kill David. Now this comes at a point where David actually goes to the Philistines, the enemies, and then they reject him. So David's just a nomad. David is just in in complete exile. And chapter thirty says this Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negeb and against Ziklag, Um, and they had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire, and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went on their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. That's no joke. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, I would be too, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul each for his sons and daughters. How was your day? (laughs) How are you feeling this morning? But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's why this is Psalm of David. But David strengthened... Can you imagine? You are running for your life. You're in between your enemy and your kinsman who wants to kill you. Your wife and your children have been taken captive. Everybody can't even cry anymore because they're so exhausted with grief. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God with prayers like Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So this Psalm is teaching us how to pray. And we need to learn how to, and I think this is the takeaway for us, we need to learn how to really do what what Paul is talking about in Philippians be anxious for nothing. I mean, we think of like the causes of anxiety in our life. Some of you know, some of us in here is pretty serious, some of us are a little more trivial. Okay. It still makes us anxious. There's a spectrum. But Paul's talking about all of it. He's talking to people that maybe they had loved ones who were dying. Maybe they were at risk of being drugged before the the government and punished or, or executed. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. What do you want? What do you want? So we need to be people whose reflex, whose natural response to those feelings of fear and opposition, doesn't matter what it is, big, small, is to turn to the Lord. David didn't have anything, but he was able to take strength. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And we, we are that people. We can't when, when, when everything else is gone, when there are people banging down our door, or it feels like, we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And we need to develop the skill of that. It's a skill that we, we have to train our souls. Like David has this, sort of this, or the psalmist has, has sort of this, this fight with himself. He says, Lord, you've said to seek your face. And I'm telling myself, I'm going to seek your face. And we need to tell ourselves, the Lord has said to seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek? And just remind ourselves of that. So, that's Psalm 27. That's a prayer of supplication. That's the the place that it can play in our lives. This psalm is teaching us how to pray. And when when you think of the broader context, when you think of David's life, when you think of Joshua, be strong and courageous, when you think of all the verses in the New Testament, when you think of Jesus himself making his requests known to God in the days of his flesh, offering up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears, I think it begins to take place, it begins to um, take shape in our lives, what, what kind of prayer God is calling us to. Um, so my main exhortation today is to, is to become a person who sets yourself to develop that response, to, to, to strengthen yourself in the Lord. When you see opposition, when you see reason for anxiety, turn to the Lord and just just try it. And if you need help, just just pray Psalm 27 until, until that pattern sort of develops in your soul. And I, I really love how it opens up. He opens up already sure of who God is. Who am I going to fear? Honestly. <laughs> Look at God. Look at this thing. Who am I going to be afraid of? Is that good? Amen. Well, let's, let's pray and, uh, and request that God um, make this real in our lives. Father, we thank you that there is a place of relationship with you, that, that, that you desire for us to be your children. You long for us to come and inquire in your temple and to talk to you and to work through the issues of our lives uh, in conversation with you, and Lord, I pray that that would be real in our lives. Lord, that um, those of us who need to uh, become more quick to turn to you and to strengthen ourselves in you, Lord, that you would, that you would give us the strength and the grace to, to see that happen in our lives. Thank you that you are there. Thank you that we need not be afraid of anything. Uh, and Lord, thank you that, that we can strengthen ourselves in you. And uh, Lord, I also thank you... as as many of the Psalms say, that no one who put their their trust in you is ever put to shame. Uh, Lord, that there is no shame in in just laying it all before you. Uh, You're a faithful God, and you have proven yourself time and time again. And God, I just pray that uh, over this month, Lord, that you would would, um, wear down some paths in our heart. Some, some well-worn grooves of, of, of prayer and, and relationship with you, God. Take us deeper uh, into our walks with you. and We give you honor and glory uh, for everything that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.